So great to see you today. Uh, what we're going to do today is we're going to look at John chapter 16, which is the next chapter in our journey through John. But we're going to look just at a few verses in the middle that kind of represent all that it is that Jesus is wanting to convey to his disciples on the last night before he goes to the cross. So obviously the things that Jesus is wanting to share with his disciples are of ultimate value and of the highest significance. So I'm going to read from John chapter 16 and I'm going to start in verse 7 and I'm going to read through to verse 16. Join me if you're able. Jesus said, But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment in regard to sin because men do not believe in me, in regard to righteousness because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer and in regard to judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, he will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. In a little while, you will see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me. Obvious reference there to the fact that Jesus is going to the cross. And then just a little while longer, he's going to be raised again to life. And so they'll, they'll not see him and then they'll see him again. And of course in the continuing conversation. That's the thing that the, the disciples tend to focus on. They're a bit like you, you and me, the disciples. They, they have this amazing revelation that Jesus has just given them about the Holy Spirit. And what they're dealing with is just the details that they don't quite understand. Instead of picking up the big message that the Spirit of the living God, whom Jesus calls the paraclete, the one who comes alongside to speak, encourage, guide, give counsel, and coach. The paracletos, the, the one who comes alongside to speak, the paraclete. It's so difficult to translate it into English that just about every English translation of the Bible has another word. Some of you have got in your Bible friends, some of you have got in your Bible counselor, others have advocate. All of them kind of come at the word from another fresh angle, but really you need all of them to understand what it is that Jesus is saying. He's saying that the Spirit of the living God, who has been with you, is now going to be in you, and it's going to change everything. And he has three tasks that Jesus sends him to fulfill. The task of conviction, the task of guidance and the task of revelation. Conviction. What is he, he going to come 
and convict the world of. He's coming to convict the world, Jesus says. The Spirit of God who brooded over the waters of creation, who, who hovered over Mary when the Spirit was able to enter Mary and, and give birth or, or generate the process by which the Son of God would become a human being. The Holy Spirit who would bring Jesus back to life and bring him before the disciples full of life and power. The Holy Spirit has come to convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Well, at this point, those of you who are familiar with Christian environments, religious services, assume that what Jesus is talking about is a list of things that you shouldn't be doing. He's come to convict the world of sin. So what's the list that Jesus has for us? What's the list of things that he's going to convict us of? There's no list. Isn't that interesting? There's no list. It's all about faith. Convict the world of sin because people do not believe in me. Isn't that interesting? Sin is the opposite of faith. Paul puts it like this. Paul puts it like this. He says, everything that does not proceed from faith is sin. Jesus says that the conviction of sin is about faith in Jesus. And so sin is not so much a list of do's and don'ts, it's a condition that is defined by the absence of faith. Isn't that interesting? Now, of course, that condition that is defined by the absence of faith will give rise to certain behavior. And you may well be free to call those sins or wrongdoing. But sin, as a reality, as a condition, is like a place. It's like a location. And when you live in this location, obviously, the things that are accompanying that location, that are appropriate to that location, are seen. But when you leave that place and you enter the world of faith, then a whole new set of criteria define your life. And when you live there, the Bible says this, there's no condemnation for those who by faith are in Christ Jesus. Isn't this cool? This is called good news, by the way. Everybody get that? Good news. Good news is this. There's no list. There's a condition. And the condition is faith. So this is hugely, hugely important because this changes the way that we interact with people. This changes the way that we think about our life. This, this changes our priorities. Now, it's not so much the series of priorities based upon the things that you should and shouldn't do. It's now 
a priority that's based upon the one in whom you believe and who you've given your life to. Because you see, the next conviction is about righteousness. And Jesus says, righteousness because I go to the Father. So what is he saying? He's saying this, righteousness is a long Christian word that means right relationship. And um, like a famous preacher in the 20th century once said, if you wanna be a Christian, you've gotta learn some long words. It's just the reality of it, sorry. Righteousness means right relationship and usually right relationship with God that leads to right relationship with other people. So this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I have a right relationship with the Father because I only do what I see it is that he's doing and I only say what it is that I hear him saying. So my right relationship with the Father means that my orientation in life is always towards him. And so when I go from the cross to the grave and from the grave to the resurrection and from the resurrection to the ascension, there's only one place I'm going. And it's the Father. And so righteousness, the, the world being convicted about righteousness means that the world is being convicted about their relationship to God. Judgment, judgment, Jesus said, is entirely reserved for the devil. The prince of this world is judged. And uh, if you don't wanna be judged, don't hang out with him. It's real simple. It's only his people that get the judgment that is appropriate to him. So, what is this now? So we can kind of put that on one side because, I mean, my general assumption I think is fair that you don't want to hang out with the devil, yeah? Have I got an amen there? Okay, that's good. So, so let's just focus on the other two things then, faith and relationship. Faith and relationship. Now, this week we have had the most fun that I've had for an awful long time. We went out and we were scared to death. I mean, you know, I'm a professional Christian so I can pretend not to be scared. I've learned it. It's the, it's the swan approach. Everybody knows about the swan approach. We were trained in college, we, were, we had whole classes in the swan approach. The swan approach is, on the surface, you look graceful. Underneath. <laughs> that's, that's the swan approach. I mean, that's generally the way that you're trained when you're a professional Christian. And so, you know, I'm kind of making everybody feel good about it. It's gonna be awesome, hey! I didn't do that, but you know what I mean. And um, Cindy was, was honest. She said, I'm scared. And, I think Greg said he's scared and other people, and you know, we're scared. It's not the kind of thing you do. Now, we're not going out to share with people the four spiritual laws or the Roman road or any other kind of programmatic approach to becoming a Christian. Our desire, our sense of calling was this, to go out into the world with an intentionality of sharing the kindness of God and the curiosity of the Holy Spirit. And so we were kind and curious to the people we met 
and it was really fascinating the simple connection became a simple conversation the simple conversation as Robert suggested last week became a serious conversation the serious com conversation became a spiritual conversation I'll give you an example I, um, I took Barnabas with me not the one in the Bible but the one with four legs and furry tail if you've seen him around he's often here on a Sunday I took him for an early morning walk this morning because um, I thought I'll leave him at home today so Barnabas is normally with me he's my golden doodle and um, everybody knows him he's a celebrity where I live wherever I go it's like hey Barney now he's a sweet sweet dog he loves everybody he's never met a stranger his way of welcoming people is barking and running at them which is a little off-putting one or two people have been really scared by this but then he licks you when he gets there so it's like oh okay well we're good then so once you get used to Barnabas he's fine so what we did at the beginning of the day uh, on Jesus week is we we met to pray with the with the, the folks who normally pray in the mornings at 8:30. some people are online some people are in the building so we met for prayer and then I usually just give a few verses from the passage that I'll be preaching on next week so I was reading from John 16 this week and, um, and that's what we did but just towards the end of it one thing I suggested was that those who were online could put in the chat box the place that God was sending them to today and the person they may be going with or on the whiteboard in the room that we were in the conference room put on the whiteboard where it is that you, you, you sense you need to go to so um, I forget where I was going that day I think it was probably Starbucks or somewhere like that and then other people put lots of other places and I said I'll drop in on your place and see how you're doing so I went to my place had a great conversation and then I went to the green where a lot of people were going so me and Barnabas were walking around the green and as we're walking along a lady wearing a chef's coat said that's the happiest dog I've ever seen and I said yeah he is happy she said he's looked like he's smiling I said yeah he, he's, he's totally he's just totally like that I said, you, uh, you're going to work? You've got your chef's coat on? Now, you know, I don't know why people do this, but I found it all the way through the week. And to be honest with you, on almost every occasion that I've gone out intentionally with the, with the understanding that I'm just going to be kind to people. So she begins telling me her life. She says, well, I'm coming for an interview at one of the restaurants here at the Green I work in Cincinnati, it's really complicated, I need to be here in town, I don't want to keep on driving backwards and forwards to Cincinnati, and, um, and I'm just hoping and, and praying that I get this job. And I said, let's pray about it now. She said, okay. <laughs> so right there on the street, we prayed about it. Barnabas prayed, he's good at praying, Barnabas prayed. She prayed, Twanda prayed, and I prayed. And then I said, so where is it? She said, well, it's around the corner. So we walked up the street. And as we walked up the street towards Winans, where I was going to sit outside, she told me about her father dying, her mother being murdered in Chicago, the tragedies in her life. And I got to the corner. I said, well, I'll, I'll sit here. You go and do the interview and then come back and tell me whether you got it because I'll pray. So she came back and she got the job. And Doris had come to join me and Doris is way better at this than me and so she asked all the right questions like is there anything else we can be praying for 
Well, I mean, it was like ministry time. All of the pain, all of the suffering of her life, she just wanted to share it with somebody. And so we prayed right there and then. It was amazing. Amazing. And I thought to myself, it's a lot easier when you're out looking for the opportunity that God might give you to be kind to actually feel the prompting do you see what I mean now the next day we gathered again and uh, Kristen was there and a, a whole bunch of other people and you know we were kind of sharing our experiences and that experience was a common thing for everybody and so uh, Kristen said well you know I used to work on mercy ships and one of the guys that we worked with there said something that stuck with me forever and that is God can't steer a parked car. Yeah? Amen. So, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is sent to convict the world of faith and relationship. He has come to guide the, the followers of Jesus and to give revelation and I've been thinking about that this week and I went to get my, um, I went to get my, my bicycle uh, from the bike shop I, and I've been, as you know, been recovering from uh, this kind of leg surgery so it's been interesting riding bikes when you've only got one leg. Um, but now I've got two legs. I, I took the bike in to, um, uh, to Kettering Bike Shop and... Um, and uh, they charged me a king's ransom to get it fixed. But it's, um, it's a nice bike. It's made out of um, carbon fiber and it weighs, I don't know, five pounds or something. And um, these bits here, you need to sell organs to pay for them. Yeah, as I discovered when I went to the shop, I said, <laughs> how much? So, well, you know, you've done a lot of miles on this thing. And I reckon I've done about 30,000 miles on this. It's a 12-year-old bike. I've been everywhere on it. But here's the thing. This is what I've noticed. Now, you know, I'm an experienced cyclist, but I don't think anybody would call me an expert. I hope these pants don't split. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? I'm sorry, I didn't. But it was just something that was going through my mind, literally as I got onto the bike right there and then. So... So these, um, these pedals, these pedals are clip-on pedals and I don't have clip-on shoes because it would look stupid. So, um, so I've got my normal shoes on, but here's the thing. I, I don't think I can, I don't think I can balance. I, you see what I mean? I mean, I just, I don't think I can balance. But even with clip-on pedals, you know, if I, oh, I don't know, maybe I'm not. <laughs> maybe I can, maybe I can't. Well, I can a bit, yeah? So, hang on, I'm, I don't want to fall off the stage. That would be a major, major mistake. So, um, so maybe I can, you know, once I get going a bit, I'm all right. And here's the thing, it's got two pedals, and the two pedals provide, guess what? 
gyroscopic motion. That's what Jesus was talking about. Gyroscopic motion. Motion that provides balance and stability because you're going forward. And you know how you do it? By moving two pedals. One's called faith, the other's called relationship. One's called faith, the other's called relationship. One's called faith, the other one's called relationship. Just say to your neighbor, faith and relationship. Just go on, do it. I'll take a drink. You didn't say that loud enough. Come on, faith and relationship to the person. There you go. So, what kind of faith? Tiny, tiny mustard seed of faith. Not a lot of faith. What kind of relationship? Not one that depends on me, but depends upon God. So here I am, stepping out, diffident, shy. You know, most people don't know that about me, but that's generally what I am. You know, I find it, when I'm walking around the street, like I was walking around the street with Barnabas this morning, taking him for his early morning walk, people say hello to me, and I say hello, and I look down, because I just feel shy, like everybody else does. But stepping out with a little bit of faith and the knowledge of a relationship that God has given me with him means that the pedals begin to turn. And because the pedals begin to turn, my life is moving forward. And because my life is moving forward, the Holy Spirit is able to guide me. He's able to guide me. I can't be guided on a stationary bicycle. I can't keep it in balance. I've got to start moving. So, I'm out with Barnabas on, Thursday, on uh, Wednesday, and I think I'll, I'll go to Oakwood Starbucks. So I go to Oakwood Starbucks. I talked to a guy about his motorcycle. That was kind of fun. And Barnabas is outside, and he's got various conversations going with people. I mean, he's, he's just like, he's very gregarious, much more gregarious than me, and you know, there's lots of people talking to him. And eventually it kind of calms down, the, the normal kind of celebrity status, you know, people asking him for an autograph and things like that. And, um, and then a guy comes and sits next to him and just hangs out and, you know, talks about the weather with him and chats and, you know, that kind of thing. And I can see them having this conversation. And I think, shall I go and join in with Barnabas? the son of encouragement. So I go outside because I felt like the Holy Spirit was prompting me. Now, how did that feel? I mean, the way it feels for you. It just felt like, go on, have a go. I was already out there in motion because I was talking to a guy about motorcycles and it didn't really go anywhere, but I was in motion. And I was stepping out in faith in the knowledge that I have a relationship with God that depends upon him and not upon me. And so I just felt this little nudge as if, as if the handlebars had just been turned a little bit. And so I went over and sat with this, uh, this young guy. He's just moved here from California. He escaped the, the rigors of the communist regime in Latvia. And now he, here he is living in our area. And we talked about various different things and he wanted to talk about spiritual things. I tried to kept him, put him off, you know, talk about sports and stuff. No, but he, he wanted to talk about spiritual things. 
He had no idea who I was, whether I was a Christian or anything like that. He just wanted to talk about spiritual stuff. And so we talked about spiritual stuff. All right then. So let's talk about spiritual things. And I said, you know, I've got this, I've got this process that I find is really helpful for you just discovering what it is that God's saying to me. I, I did this thing called Discovery Bible Method. And he said, he said, could I do that? I said, oh, no, I don't think so, no. <laughs> I said, sure, when do you want to do it? He said, tomorrow. I said, okay. So the next day at 10 o'clock, we sat down and had a Bible study. I said, do you know any passage in the Bible you'd like to study? He said, I don't know anything about the Bible, but this looks cool to me, let's try it. You choose a passage. I said, oh, well, let's do a psalm, Psalm 23. So we did the Discovery Bible study, which is, of course, you don't bring any information outside of the text that's not in the text, because there's no power imbalance then of the person that's got, you know, three theological degrees and teaches at seminaries. You're just allowed to say what it is you see in the text. And I said, you know, it's been a really busy week for me. I think that this thing about quiet waters that the shepherd leads, I think that's what I need. What about you? He said, this is a really interesting passage, this, isn't it? I think it's all about surrendering to God. I said, yeah. He said, you know, if you're the sheep and you're following the shepherd, then you've got to surrender to the shepherd for it to be of any good to you. And I said, yeah, true. And so we had a whole conversation about surrender. And, um, and then he said to me, you know, I told my sister about you, and she said, when the disciple is ready, the mentor appears. I thought, okay, we're now in Star Wars. <laughs> A mentor I am. And he said, maybe you can be my mentor. He says, I don't want to put it on you. I don't want to put it on you. He said, but there's kind of a light in you. And I'd like to know what that is. And I said, okay, well, do you want to do this again? He said, sure. Can I bring my sister? <laughs> so we're meeting on Tuesday. Now, that's just one example of several examples this week that have been very similar. And here's the thing. Because the bike was moving with the pedals of faith and relationship, the Holy Spirit was able to steer the handlebars, give me guidance and revelation. Do you think everybody in the room is just like me? Yeah? So try this. I want you to say to the person next to you, God can't steer a parked life. God can't steer a parked life. You get it? Everybody get this? So let's not be parked this week, yeah? Let's be moving. Let's be open. Let's be, let's be intentional. We're out there just sharing the kindness of Jesus. And we've got faith in Jesus and a relationship with God. And faith in Jesus and a relationship with God. And guess what? He's going to be able to steer the bike. 
Amen, anybody? Amen. Amen. Okay. The band are going to come, and um, we're going to have communion together.